0: You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined, once again, by Harrison Fagan. He is at a spa taking another personal day. He is is doing the, the mani-pedi thing, the facial, all of those good things uh, because, you know, he just he needs to continue to try to man up, and that's how he apparently is going about it. So you are stuck with me for one more day. I promise, I believe he'll be back Uh, tomorrow but we do have a really fun show for you today i'm going to answer a couple questions or one question really that's going to take up the a block and then on the other side of the break we're going to talk about or we are going to talk to george sodano of espn he hosts uh, espn radio six to nine a.m every morning out here on the west coast he also goes on the jump on espn it's a really fun show there and he has his own podcast so we had a really fun conversation about the direction that the lakers are going in uh so so look forward to that as always find the show on megaphone panoply itunes TuneIn, stitcher today's fast break spotify alexa lakers nation and lakers outsiders today I want to talk about, and I always, I always try to reach out for for questions, and I and I unfortunately missed one last night, and and too bad. It, I I'm really bummed out that this happened because it was a really good question. It fell down my timeline. I found it on Twitter, and I forgot to like it, so I I didn't. I wasn't able to come back to it. But basically, whoever asked it asked what the Lakers' plan or what kind of free agent targets the Lakers could look at if they don't get a LeBron James and if they don't get a Paul George, right? So if they – or or we'll say if they don't get a max guy, right? Because Boogie kind of falls into that same category. Uh, there are probably a couple other guys. Carmelo, I don't know if he's a max guy, so he definitely isn't a max guy still. So other guys that the Lakers could target – If they hit the market for one, because there's some guys on here with options, obviously LeBron has a player option, Carmelo has an early termination option, Kevin Durant has a player option, DeAndre Jordan, Paul George, Enes Kanter, Wesley Matthews, Thaddeus Young, Wilson Chandler, Austin Rivers, Jeremy Lin, and on down that line goes guys with uh, player options. And then you have the regular free agents that are definitely going to be out there. You have J.J. Redick, you have Chris Paul, you have Brooke Lopez, KCP, obviously the Lakers signed into his deal, Greg Monroe, DeMarcus Cousins, Tony Parker, and on down the line that goes. So given what the Lakers would look to do, so let's say, and and this is, you know, if they don't get a LeBron and if they don't get a Paul George, one, you have to hope that that decision is made really quickly And the Lakers can move on as quickly as they possibly can, because in years past, what has happened is they've struck out, and while they waited for their main target, whether it was LaMarcus Aldridge or Greg Monroe or Kevin Durant, who didn't even take a a meeting with the Lakers, so that helped them move on a little bit. But in years past, if they didn't get their key target, other guys signed elsewhere, the example that jumps into my mind right now is Kyle Lowry who actually I believe wanted to be a Laker and I believe even said so publicly after he signed or you know I don't know if he said so publicly after he signed but he definitely said it before he signed that he was interested in coming to the Lakers but he couldn't sit around and wait for them to find out what was happening I think at the time it was Carmelo Anthony that they were waiting for and he signed up there in Toronto and the rest has been history he's had a really good Tenure up there in Canada, and so what the Lakers have to hope is if they don't get a LeBron and if they don't get a Paul George or a Boogie Cousins, they have to hope that that decision is made quickly enough that they don't lose out on a guy like DeAndre Jordan if he opts out. That they don't lose out on a guy like I don't even know uh, Wesley Math. No, you don't really want Wesley Matthews. I guess Thaddeus Young would be interesting. But but I guess the larger point to make here is that <laughs> it's a pretty top-heavy class because you have the guys at the top of the market. LeBron, Kevin Durant is going to opt out and sign for longer and and maybe more money. Paul George is at the top of the market. He'll be one of the guys who go really quickly. Uh, and, and George Sodano is pretty confident that the Lakers have a chance at, at Paul George, who is kind of sort of struggling out there in Oklahoma City. So keep an eye on that situation. But If you're looking at this list here, I mean, (laughs) the Lakers might have to consider bringing back Brook Lopez, might have to consider bringing back KCP. Otherwise, you're looking at Greg Monroe. Tony Parker might retire (laughs) because he he hasn't looked himself in a few years now. Derek Favors has some injury questions. Amir Johnson is Amir Johnson. Joe Johnson has kind of revitalized his career up there in, in Utah, But is that really who you want to throw out in front of the Laker fan base? As hey, we got our guy. It's not LeBron. It's not Paul George. Oh nope, it's not Boogie Cousins. It's not even Carmelo. It's it's Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Everybody like that that wouldn't go over very well. So you know maybe the Lakers look at a guy like Avery Bradley who would have some upside if they were to sign him and he would actually fit. I'd I'd like his fit alongside Lonzo ball because of the defense that he plays and because his shooting ability and he doesn't necessarily need the ball or doesn't hardly needs the ball to succeed. So he'd be somebody I'd be interested in looking at Jabari Parker. If you want to, he's a restricted free agent and he's coming off of all of these injuries. So I don't think the Lakers would really look there. And again, the, the, I mean, Jalil Okafor, Okafor would be out there. The Philadelphia 76ers said that they, they already declined his option. <laughs> so, so you could wind up having traded D'Angelo Russell to bring in a Jalil Okafor. That would go over really well. Uh, it would not. It would not go over very well. And then you get into the restricted free agent market with guys like Eric Gordon, who is definitely going to be in there in, in Orlando long term because they love the way he's played so far. And maybe a Orleans Noel who's a little bit younger and you can pair him alongside if if at that point the Lakers would probably bring back Julius Randle. The, the the larger overriding point here is that if they don't get LeBron and they if they don't get Paul George, your options slim out really quickly and it gets really ugly. <laughs> and so you you go from having you been convinced that you have a potential championship contender, woo-hoo, we got LeBron and George to well, maybe we'll squeak into the eight spot, and if you trade D'Angelo Russell and you don't get one of those guys and, and <laughs> you have to trot out Joe Johnson as the big target that you were actually able to acquire, some seats should get pretty hot out there in, in Lakers management. So something to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I am going to throw it over to the conversation I had with George. This was a lot of fun. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to George. He told me that on the show you guys are good it's on record that he wants to come back on the show so we'll we'll talk to him throughout the year have a good one everybody and we might get Harrison out of the spa tomorrow all right we are joined now by George Sedano of ESPN he hosts ESPN radio out here in LA from 6 to 9 a.m. George how you doing
0: I'm good bud how are you
1: I'm doing good I'm doing good thanks for thanks for hopping on with us here on on semi-late notice uh How's, it, how's L.A. treating you? Because you've spent most of your time out there in Miami, and then I figure all it took for the Dodgers to come this close to winning a, a World Series again was you moving out here from, from the East Coast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, of course, that would be the case. Uh, I love Los Angeles. Uh, my wife's from here originally. Uh, I did leave, I lived here briefly uh, about 10 or 12 years ago for about a year, uh, so I was super familiar with the area, so I was super stoked to come back. Um, for a lot of reasons, we'd obviously come out here a ton anyway, um, work-wise, family-wise, all that stuff. So it, it made a ton of sense. But yeah, it's been great. It's been fantastic. I'm really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the uh, show that that you guys have put together out here. On on the rare mornings where the wife leaves the house and I can't fall back asleep, I'll just turn on the radio, and, and you guys do a really good job. I uh, how are how are Laker fans especially treating you out here because sometimes they can't be the most welcoming bunch when, when especially if like right now it's pretty easy to criticize magic. So anytime you don't say magic is God sent, uh, they can, they can get kind of violent. Uh, I don't know. They haven't been like violent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that at all.
0: Like I would say, (laughs) yeah, look, I mean, when you start anywhere new or when you do anything that's new or different, people are going to have objections to it. Um, but I haven't had anything where I've stood out and said, Whoa, that's like uh, you know, a little wild and crazy. Honestly, I feel like basketball fans in general, um I wouldn't call them tame, but like they're nowhere near like college f- sports fans., like, oh, yeah. College fans to me are the worst. Uh, and by the worst, I also mean the best in the sense of like their passion, but yeah, they are vitriolic. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten any of that from Laker fans. Look, I think a lot of it is, if you do, like if you just read what I write on Twitter, or you just know anything about what I do for the company, a lot of what I do is covering the NBA. So my familiarity with the Lakers and the sport in general, I think probably has helped that. Um, you know, so I, I guess that I haven't gotten like anything wild and crazy. Uh, outside of, now that I think about it, last year when they were 10 and 10, I said this team isn't good. Like, we need to stop with the fantasy. They're not good. And people were mad at me then. Like, that's the only time I think they were mad um, because I said that they weren't good, and then clearly they weren't good. Um, So most of them came back apologetically or, you know, just like, all right, fine, you were right, you know. Um, they, They conceded. But really, outside of that, like, nah, they've been good, man.
1: So I, I basically uh, I'm I'm hoping that you didn't figure out those were a couple of my burner accounts. I've since deleted the the accounts. <laughs> right. And... Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, of course.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, last year last year felt like fool's gold. And actually, I got the question last night after the Lakers beat the Pistons. You know, compare last year's ten and ten team to what we've seen from the Lakers thus far this year, and I would say that last year when they were at 10 and 10, felt like fool's gold. It just felt like it was completely unsustainable. And I still don't think this team is going to sniff 500, but I do think this team is better than last year's. What would you say to that?
0: A hundred percent agree. I think this team is definitely better just based off the growth of guys like Ingram and Randall and Clarkson, and obviously adding Lonzo to the mix. Uh, Having a guy like Brooke Lopez, that's at least a veteran type presence, right? Like I think that uh, all that stuff makes sense. You know, not to even mention that there seems to be a plan in place from the front office perspective, right? Like, I think all that makes you more at ease. Uh, look, and, mm-hmm. and I said this, and I said this on the show, on the radio show, which is the problem is this: the West has gotten so much better that the Lake that the Lakers could be better and still only be win somewhere between thirty and thirty-five games, mm-hmm. um, and that to me shouldn't be the measuring stick. The wins. Shouldn't be the measuring stick. It should be about the individual growth, uh, the growth as a team and a collective, um, particularly on defense. Uh, to me, that's the type of stuff that you need to see and kind of keep your eye on. It's not necessarily going to add up to wins and losses right now. Uh, and let's face it, <laughs> like this is basically this season is basically an audition <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. for
0: what their grand plan is if they can execute it. Um, I am firmly in the camp that this the grand plan is LeBron, Paul George, and if they can move Dang's contract, a third max player to play with Lonzo, and we'll figure out who else. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I definitely think Lonzo's part of that plan. Beyond that, I don't know what the rest of that plan is.
1: Yeah, I would say I mean you're 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 a Miami guy and, and Levitar to me is the best who's ever done this stuff. And his his thing is always under outperform, right? And so, with heading into this Laker season, I just, I set all of my expectations in the basement. I, I legitimately, I caught some grief over it, but I, I legitimately said of Ingram, just show me an NBA skill, like show me something that you are NBA quality at. And so far, he has done that. With Lonzo, it was just, just have your, have a positive assist percentage, assist to tun- turnover ratio okay, cool, he's done that so far. And then, you know, from everybody else, everybody else just feels like a stopgap kind of thing because, yeah, most of these guys can't be back next year if they do want to pull off this grand scheme of bringing in LeBron and Paul George and whomever else. Yeah,
0: exactly. It, it's about small – and I know that's not – you know, look, man, I get this franchise, right? Like, like anyone that knows anything about basketball understands – what this franchise means to the sport, okay? Like, I think the sport is incrementally better when the Lakers are good, okay? I treat them very much like I would treat the Yankees in baseball. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, the Celtics have more titles or whatever, to me, the Lakers are the crown jewel of the NBA. Um, And with that said, I understand because there's been a lot of winning that sometimes the frustration sets in. Um, But I, I have been pleasantly surprised, um, for the most part, you're always going to have people that are going to freak out or whatever, get mad about individual games or whatnot, or not have the right perspective. But for the most part, I think people get that this thing is a process. And um, and and when you have a process, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be 100% foolproof. I was just having this conversation with somebody on Twitter, right, about the Philadelphia 76ers. Someone was – because I've said that I think that within – a by 2020, right, which is that far now, you're talking about three seasons, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be in the finals. Um, And they were just, somebody was getting on me because, oh, Fultz is out, and, you know, you've been trusting these guys and what their process is, this, that, and the other. I'm like, look, man, um, that's bad luck. Like, that's not anything else. Like, we're not questioning Markel Fultz's talent, I don't believe here. Like, if you do that, you know, I, I, I question what you... Think is a good young talented player, or a player with a good young talented uh, skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, com- the, you know, people will combat you with, well, they got nothing for Okafor, they're gonna get nothing for Okafor, or Nerlens Noel. Look, and this is what I would tell Laker fans, because there's going to be cracked eggs here, right? D'Angelo was already one of them. When you're making an omelet, right, you're gonna break, you know, you're gonna you're gonna crack some eggs, you're gonna yep. break some eggs, you're not gonna use them all. Um, and no plan is foolproof. Nobody bats a thousand. And you just have to have real conviction um, about what your plan is and, and conviction that you can execute that plan. And I know D'Angelo was a big point of contention here last year. We talked about it a lot on radio. He was, man, as polarizing a player as there was, I thought, uh, in the town <laughs> last year. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a huge fan. Um, some of my colleagues were. And, um, you know, I just I saw very early on um, what Magic and Rob seem to see, and hence why they attached him in the Mozgov deal. That was uh, now, and now that I think back to your original question, if Laker fans have given me any grief, that was also <laughs> kind of an ongoing thing. Yep. Is that I wasn't Still a big going. fan. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I wasn't a big fan, and and I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Like I think he's a good player, but I think that there's a difference between being a good player and being a championship caliber type player, right? I think that those are those things are are separate.
1: Yeah, talent, talent versus impact kind of thing.
0: For sure, man. Like, I'm not calling him this guy. So let's, like, if you're listening, please don't tweet me, don't <laughs> at me that I'm calling him this guy. But I look at Stefan Marbury, right? I look at, you know, someone like that. He's unbelievably talented, right? But mm-hmm. I don't look at him as a guy that I say I can win with that guy. Um, you know, I remember back in the day he used to call himself the greatest point guard in the league. And people, when they asked him when he left uh, the Suns to go to the Knicks, they asked him, well, how are you the greatest point guard in the league if the Knicks are like middling you know, maybe at 500 and Steve Nash has the Suns with the best record in the NBA? And his thing was, well, look at my bank account. Um, so it, it, it's just like there's certain guys who don't – it doesn't work, right? Like they can have all the talent in the world. It doesn't work. Um, and I unfortunately – and you can say I'm being harsh at judging a 20-year-old or whatever he is um, that quickly – but I, I see some of those traits, right? Like, I just see it, man. Like, I'll never forget, I was in Bristol at the time when D'Angelo and all those guys rolled through there before the draft. And I didn't get a great sense um, from D'Angelo um, from the jump. He seemed mm-hmm. like a really nice kid. Like, that, this isn't a personality thing. Like, he's a nice kid. Um, But I remember we were on set. I was filling in for Stephen A. and and Skip that day on first take. And they brought him on set with us. And after we were done, we asked him, like, oh, where do you want to go? Like, you know, because you won't say it on the air, but off the record, where where do you want to go? And he's like, ooh, New York, L.A. You know, like, he was, like, wide-eyed, you know, about, like, wanting to go to one of these big cities, you know? And it's just, like, right there that kind of stood out. Because we asked all those guys that question. And they all did the cliché, ah, it doesn't matter, man. And I'm good, you know, but when we saw him be the one guy who did it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, you know, (laughs) and he he was also a late bloomer, right? Like there was that all those things kind of stuck out to me. So, you know, maybe those some of the stuff I was looking at when I was watching him last year, maybe that was just confirmation bias, right? Maybe it's just like, oh, I didn't believe in him from the jump. Um, I thought he was kind of a late bloomer in college and even in late high school, really. I know he played with Ben Simmons at Mount Mount Verde. Um, But, like, I I just, man, I I, I wasn't sold on him at all, right? Like, personality-wise, even though there was skill there. And then I just saw more of that manifest itself last year. So back to my ultimate point, which is whether it's the Sixers or the Lakers, and different plans, clearly. um, But when you have a plan, not everything is going to happen Um,
1: exactly the way you want it. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Not everything's going to happen exactly the way you want it. And that means sometimes you're going to have to attach a D'Angelo Russell uh, to get rid of a contract. Look, man, I've had this conversation with Brian Windhorst. If the Lakers want to have three max players, they're going to have to get rid of Luol Deng. They don't have a ton of assets to uh, attach to that, at least from a pick's perspective. So you're probably gonna at least have to consider potentially attaching brandon ingram and i know that's gonna freak people out um but it's it's a decision you're gonna have to make but if you know that paul george and lebron are both coming there's not gonna be a ton of room for brandon ingram there anyway right like let's let's be honest with each other here
1: well the concern there though is is that and, and this was my, my gripe with the Russell trade is that it set the precedent. It set the market basically, right? They basically went out and they told the league and the league already kind of knew that it, it would, you know, it was the league was eventually going to figure out its own asking price to take on a Mozgov kind of deal. But now you're kind of looking at it and you're saying, all right, well, if it took Russell to get rid of Mosgolf, it's going to take Ingram to get rid of Dang and had I think the Lakers waited a little bit maybe that market price gets set a little lower and that would have been that would have been ideal for me I I kind of get the the off-court stuff with Russell but I also can't help but look at where he came up with the Lakers I mean his rookie year was was completely trampled upon by the Kobe Bryant farewell tour so at some point you kind of look at it and you're like all right well I got to get mine in here somewhere Um, and maybe if he had those traits going into that year maybe the The season that he had kind of compounded those those same personality questions. It's just it's impossible to know these things, and hopefully everything works out. So I guess my last question here for you would be: if things don't work out, like we talked about, cracking eggs to make an omelet. But if LeBron and Paul George don't come, there is no omelet. So like there's there's a difference between cracking a few eggs to make said meal but if that meal if you're looking at your plate and it's empty how do you think the lakers move forward there well
0: i'll say this um and just to kind of wrap up your d'angelo thing uh before i move on to that question Mm um what i would say is this if you're magic johnson you have to make an assessment right away and unfortunately sometimes you have to make snap judgments my guess is honestly it's not as snap a judgment as we're making it out to seem uh, because, you know, it's not like Magic Johnson wasn't watching Laker games, you know? So, um, you know, so he made a decision. I can't win with that guy, right? And you know what? I want to get rid of Mozgov anyway, so so be it. He's got to go. And, and that's a determination that he's going to have to make and live with. And could the market have been different? Yeah, it, it could have been, maybe. But people are not dumb. The teams around this league are really smart. And they ain't bailing you out. Um, yeah, you know, Miami has made a, a a has taken a big risk right now, um, signing a bunch of you know average to slightly above average players to long-term four-year deals. Now they're each individually on their own merit, decent deals, right? In today's NBA, the average guy going to make twelve, thirteen million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, but when you have that many of them and you don't have a star, like you're you're banking on them overachieving. And you using some of those guys to trade for a star. I think the days of that are over. You know what I mean? Like, like unless you know some guy wants to play for you, it's really hard to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um. So, back to Magic, like he's making a calculated decision to potentially attach those guys um, based on what he's seeing. And sometimes you have to give up something to get something. Mm-hmm. And if your goal is to win a championship. Um, right away, which is my guess, um, then you're going to have to give that up, right? And giving that up would be Brandon Ingram, potentially, in this perfect scenario of LeBron and Paul George. So you asked me what happens if you don't get those guys. Well, I'm of the conviction that Paul George is coming here no matter what, okay? Hmm. Uh, the LeBron thing is a little more tricky, but I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm convinced, but I've convinced myself to think that he is definitely considering coming to LA and that would be his first choice.
1: Oh, he's absolutely okay? considering it. I mean he keeps on tweeting at Lonzo.
0: <laughs> Not only that, man, listen, I for four years. I know how the guy thinks. I don't know him he thinks. I know how he operates. And yes, the tweeting at Lonzo. He you know, Amino Hassan and I were talking about this on radio the other day. LeBron doesn't leave breadcrumbs, okay? Like he leaves the whole loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, and, and he did this in, you know, in his first and second year in Miami. If you really go back, you can find little nuggets, quotes, tweets, things about Cleveland and their players that you would sit there, you'd sit there and say, Ooh, yeah, I should have I should have realized that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you know they were winning championships, like you're not thinking like that. Um so, I think that yes, if I had to be a, if I was a betting man, I would bet that they're both coming. But your question is, if they don't come, um, man, if they don't come, then they're screwed. Okay, <laughs> so like that's that's the reality of it. Like you're just you're hoping those guys, you're hoping Brandon Ingram turns into something, um, and you're hoping Lonzo turns into something, and you can uh, attach, you know, may, you, you know, you can get a free agent to come here. Look, I think that at the end of the day that doomsday scenario is not going to happen because I do think Paul George will come here. And I think that if you have a, a lineup, even if it's just Paul George, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Julius, whatever, all those guys, let's say you pay Julius, right? Like those guys, like you can make that work to potentially at least be a playoff team in the East. Uh, I'm sorry, in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and look, the Oklahoma city thing, I think if you're a Laker fan, obviously you're paying attention to the Lakers. But you really should be paying attention to what's happening in Oklahoma City yeah, and Cleveland. Absolutely. Like, we, once the World Series is over on radio, we're making a conscious effort. I basically told the station that we're going to cover LeBron and Paul George as if with the same intensity and vigor that we're covering the Lakers. <laughs> because I think that that's as that those guys are important, obviously, because I think those guys, if they end up coming here, um, you're going to want to know. How they do business, right, or how they're feeling on a you know as the season progresses, and how much more inclined will they be to come to Los Angeles because of the way their teams are performing, et cetera et cetera and i I did um my podcast yesterday, and I had Royce Young on, and Royce was talking about how everyone thought in Oklahoma City that the guy who was going to have a hard time fitting in was Carmelo, but really the guy that's having the hard time fitting in is Paul George so that kind of stood out to me that kind of raised my antenna like hmm something to keep an eye on now I'm going to pay a <laughs> little more enough. close attention right to how Paul George is playing within the offense right like what his role is that he's playing this third fiddle right now something he's clearly not used to um mellows the leading scorer. uh like all that stuff is weird right now so uh, again just kind of something to keep an eye on um but yeah I, I just don't see a scenario where the doomsday scenario happens um I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. And and look, if it does, as I mentioned, they're screwed because their draft pick situation is tenuous at best, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> for this coming season and even beyond. Um, like and, and that's not what these guys want to do. These guys want to win as soon as possible. And this year is a tryout. It's an open tryout for the Lakers' varsity uh, next season. Yep. So, uh, yeah, like, look, man, I I just think they're getting at least one of those guys – And worst case, if they get Paul George, they can get a Boogie Cousins or someone like that to play here. And, yeah, like, look, if if, let's say it's Paul George, Boogie Cousins, Lonzo, and Brandon Ingram. That's a nice place to start, even in the West. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you're fighting. You're fighting with somebody because you've you've made Oklahoma City weaker, right? Um, So I don't know how good they are, again, just with Russ, basically, because I don't know if Melo resigns there. Uh, Like, there's a lot of variables. And you know, so I think that you just kind of have to let it play out a little bit. Um, but I do think that if I were a betting man, I would bet that LeBron, Paul George, and a third max player are playing in LA next season. And I've had Rachel Nichols tell me I'm crazy that nobody knows what LeBron's gonna do. Brian Windhorst, all and I'm like, that's fine. You guys can think that's not gonna happen. I'm telling you, I just I, I I've seen this play out before. Like I've just seen it play out with this guy. Particularly, so mm-hmm. yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at on the
1: whole thing. It sure sounds like fun to me. I'd be perfectly happy with that playing out the way it oh, does. And...
0: Let me tell you something. <laughs> it would be the greatest thing that like like it's funny. So Keyshawn, for a long time on the radio show, was like, "Oh, I don't want him here. He's going to be older and a rental player." I'm like, "Listen, man, that guy keeps his. <laughs> he's in such good like shape. A million like million
1: dollars on his body every year. Yeah, he's a robot.
0: I, I listen. I know the guy he trains with. The guy trains." Um, multiple NBA players NFL players like Antonio Brown um, like he, he his name is David Alexander he's unbelievable at what he does mm-hmm. uh, so like I like, and, and Amin actually had a funny line to Key he's like because Key was like well what if it's only like three years and Amin's like well I mean it's going to be three really awesome years though <laughs> like why wouldn't you want that yeah. Um, and, and yeah it, it, look take it from a guy who grew up in Miami grew up a Heat fan, got to cover the team, work on their broadcasts, you know, all that stuff and covered those guys for those years yeah, it sucked when he left and it hurt and, you know, when he left because you're like damn, you went from being the Heatles to being just like, you know, another NBA team. Josh you know? Richardson, but,
1: walk on down.
0: <laughs> right, like all that stuff. I mean, they did have Dwayne for another year who who played pretty well for mm-hmm. the next two years still, but like it just it wasn't the same. And you gotta just enjoy it. If you get the chance to have that guy come to your franchise you have to enjoy it. Forget about like, oh, he's not our guy. And this man, stop. <laughs> like he's gonna, he's gonna put you in a position. He's gonna put you in a position to win championships. Now, whether it happens or not, it's a different story because, uh, as you know, uh, the Warriors are a whole different kind of beast. Uh, something I don't think we've ever seen in the NBA before with the type of top heavy talent they have. You know, uh, as a guy who saw Bosh, Wade, and, and LeBron up close. Like that Warriors team, that that man. Yeah, it's that's a different, a different level. Yeah. yeah, it's a different level. Like as good as those other teams were, this team is a different animal. Uh, the only hopes are is that you know you got contracts coming up. Clay's contracts up. Uh, you know Draymond. Now Clay has said that he's interested in in even potentially taking less to stay uh, with the Warriors. Uh, Draymond, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, but that's really your only hope: is injury or them breaking up. Um, but if you're the Lakers and you want to compete with that, your best chance is going to be with LeBron on your side. Because if you don't, um, he's going to get there and compete against those Warriors teams with somebody else.
1: Yep, absolutely. This was a ton of fun, and I could talk to you for, for a while longer, but we have to go now. Uh Anytime you guys, you you ever want to come on the show and just talk, and and honestly, at some point, you and I are going to have to sit down and talk about D'Angelo Russell because the fans that are, the people who are listening right now are are probably screaming like, Anthony, you didn't get him, but I'm not into that kind of thing, but (laughs) thank you.
0: No, we can do it. We can do it another time. A hundred percent. We can totally do it.
1: Um, we will do it more often
0: for sure. Like let's, uh, let's try to do this every, uh, you know, every, couple, every month or two or whatever, once every two months or something yep. like throughout the season, we'll do another, we'll, we'll do one maybe before the, before the all-star break for sure. After the new year and we can have the D'Angelo discussion and what's going on with the Lakers and all that stuff for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That was George Sedano of ESPN radio. Catch his show six to nine every morning. He's also on the jump. He has his podcast. You guys, uh, He's really good. You guys are really like the stuff that he puts out there. Thank you very much for joining us, George.
0: You got it, Anthony. Take care, bud.